Hello, welcome to the first episode of eBook, a broadcast that provides you with food and art and knowledge and fun without going outdoor. Before we start the show, I'd like to thank all of you out there who voted for me during the first voting phase. This program wouldn't be here without each and every one of you out there. I hope you would all like this show and would continue your love and support throughout the rest of the episodes. That's enough about the competition itself. And now with me, Carmen Chu, your host, on with this show. Today we are exploring the first topic in the diet of the Song Dynasty, and that is tea. Here, before I start babbling nonstop about teacups and read you tea leaves, I like to take a sip on my little pearl milk tea with a butter cap. Um, it's not boba, but small pearls made of cassava powder. For the tea, I have chosen Tie Guan Yin, a half-fermented oolong tea, and the tea is mixed with fresh Chulu milk. The whole drink wouldn't count complete without the very best buttercup on top. It's full of cheesy and buttery flavor, with a pinch of sea salt, all whipped into a rising standing foam. Not too much sugar, no ice. This is how I like my very fancy cup of made. So, what are all these fancy garnish and seasoning in my milk tea? If you are familiar with the late crazy trend of boba milk tea, or you know how the British love their cuppa, then you wouldn't find it strange. This popular beverage has been around our lives for thousands of years, and everyone drinks it daily or socially. However, tea isn't always consumed or made in the way we see nowadays. In fact, it totally blow your teapots away once you got back to the Song Dynasty. This is the moment I bring you to this painting, painting of cooking tea by Liu Songnian. This work shows a Song method of drinking ground tea. On the left, two attendants prepare the tea. One sits on the bench as he turns a mill to grind the tea. A tea brush made from palm and a lone ladle to scoop tea powder are by his side. The other stands next to a table holding a tea bowl in his left hand as he pours tea from a pot. On the tea table is a whisk to whip tea broth, a saladin tea bowl, a red lacquered tea bowl stand, and a tortoise shell box for tea powder. The stove in front of the table is hot with flame, with a handled cauldron on top boiling with water. This painting, painted by Liu Songnian, vividly shows what some gadgets were used by the Song people for making tea, and we will talk about the materials and equipments later. According to Song Huizong, a talented emperor known for his taste in art and literature. A good tea should be made by first grinding the baked tea leaves. The tea leaves are ground finely, so they are powder-like. As one grinds the tea leaves, water should be boiled at the same time. It is recommended that one should heat the tea bowls before pouring the water. When the water is bubbly boiling, put the tea powder evenly in the tea bowls. And then slowly pour only a little bit of the boiled water in, and mix the water and the powder to a thick, gooey paste. Once having the smooth paste, pour more hot water and whisk the tea broth even faster. 
the technique should be whisking in the same clockwise, but also including tapping the broth up and down so that the desired tea foam would rise to the surface and last alone. If one procedure is done slightly wrong, the tea broth will be thin, tasteless, the foam would be wearing, and no fragrance would come from the tea. The above process is detailedly documented in Da Guan Cha Lu, a book about the tea according to the Emperor's knowledge. In Song Dynasty, this method of making tea is called Dian Cha, which is very different from the Chan Dynasty. Although the Chinese have been drinking tea for thousands of years, it is not sure how people before the Chan Dynasty made and drank their tea. There is little documentation only to point out that they put tea leaves in the pot with water, cooked it until it boiled, and then drank the infusion. However, it is Lu Yu who gave us a real peek of how the Tang Dynasty people made use of tea. Unlike the Song people, the Tang people opted the method of Jian Cha Fa. They would grind the dry tea leaves only to sprinkle them into the cauldron as they boiled them. The infusion that they drank was rather bitter, so to make it more acceptable, the town people would add salt, ginger, black pepper, hua jiao, walnut, and some other herbs. There was no tea paste, no complicated whisking and tapping technique, and no foam on the surface. Yes, it will look a bit more like a medicinal drink. Like what grandma would make you drink when you complain you have a headache or flu. Tea has always been considered a drink that's medicinal, therapeutic, and for recreational use at the same time. However, despite that it was a common way to add herbs into the tea broth, Lu Yu was against this method, claiming in his book that by doing so, it ruined the unique sweetness and fragrance only tea would have. Here is another painting by Qian Xuan, which is called Lu Tong Brewing the Tea. Lu Tong was living during the Tang Dynasty, and he was famous for his passion in tea through poems and songs. So far, we have mentioned two very distinct methods to make tea in the Tang and the Song Dynasty. However, I'd like to point out that either method was not exclusive in one dynasty, but rather, both shared an existence throughout the history. It was simply a matter of fashion and posh, and also an indication of social class. As we mentioned before, in the Song Dynasty, to be considered a bowl of excellent tea broth was to have fine, even, and lasting foam on the surface. The tea foam should be a grayish white color. In order to contrast the beautiful tea foam, Black or dark-colored teaware was highly recommended. Porcelain was the top choice of material for tea bowl, because unlike metal and wood, porcelain did not give away the undesired metal taste, and the material would not absorb any flavor, so every brew tasted fresh and fragrant as always. Here are some collections of the Song Dynasty teaware in the National Palace Museum. Nowadays, collectors of porcelain would pay a fortune for a collection of white porcelain ware or a celadon vest. However, it wasn't until the Qin Dynasty did these light-colored porcelain acquire such spotlight. The phrase Rang de Xin 
or China white, which was used to praise the beautiful white porcelain, was coined during the early 18th century when the Dehua porcelain started exported and entered the European market. So, it is reasonable to say that the tea bowl in black glaze would bear a higher price during the Song Dynasty. One thing to notice is that among all the teaware, the Song people didn't produce porcelain teapots. In fact, teapots were nowhere to be seen at that time. It is because they boiled the water in tall clay bottles and they poured the water into the bowls. They did not brew the tea with tea leaves in any teapot. Another thing to notice is that although porcelain was used to make tea bowls, and that Song Dynasty porcelain is ranked top collection nowadays, it was definitely not the uppermost choice for the rich to show off their wealth and class. This is something they would surprise people now, isn't it? Gold, silver, and any metal that glittered would actually be in the wealthy's favor, despite the fact that metal surely affected the taste of the tea. Porcelain was reduced for commoners or even the poor. Here is a collection of an agate bowl and saucer in the shape of a hibiscus flower. Before we come to the end of this episode, let's get back to tea. The tradition to put herbs in the tea broth did not stop during the Song Dynasty, as we could see books and scrolls that described many fancy drinks with lots of herbs and flavors sold on the markets. Some were medicinal, a remedy for ill digestion, and some were to provide a soothing relief in summer or to warm your stomach in winter. This is no surprise that in modern Taiwan, there are tons of toppings you could add for your tea such as cuckoo, tapioca bubble, fax seeds, yam bowls, taro bowls, and to name a whole lot more. As for the tea foam, what the Song people valued the most, we have buttercup, whipped cream, and latte art now. We are not that far from the Song dynasty, considering how many photos we post on Instagram today. That is unimaginable of one small drink, isn't it? Thinking about how we make our tea, and what kind of teaware we show off with. Those who adore milk tea like me sure have skipped a piece of wonderful history. I will leave you all with all the amazing collections here, and before I go on sipping my tasty Tieguanyi milk tea with buttercup, I invite you to leave a message. Tell me what you find most intriguing, like there was no teapot in the Song Dynasty. Thank you all for joining me today, and I'll see you in the next episode. Eat Park, the Diet in the Paintings of the Song Dynasty, is a podcast produced and hosted by Carmen Chu. The music is provided by YouTube Audio Library a free database where you can make use of no copyright music. This podcast is also released with videos on YouTube, where you can find the links in the show notes below. Each park is part of the 2020 online curation competition held by the National Palace Museum, and you can hear this broadcast on the NPN websites, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. <laughs>